Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
the people. We have this. We have to make every Republican know it. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder. You are listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. Uh, 7 o'clock uh, Chicago time, Central Standard Time. I, I always get my time zones mixed up. I don't know. Maybe it's the fault of getting older or just, you know, something like that. Maybe. Maybe. Anyway, let's get on our Donald Trump track. Because uh, we have to stay in touch. We have to stay informed to fight these guys back. The Republicans want to put this dictator back in charge of America without even an, an election. They think they can do it. I'm hearing August 13th that Trump will be president again of the United States. How ridiculous. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. And they know it, but they're just being assholes because that's what they are. And I want to say this again. I think I said it yesterday on the show. When will Trump be arrested? A lot of us are so sick and tired of everybody else around him being arrested. Everybody who's been associated with this guy in and out of public, in and out of public life has been indicted <laughs> and going to prison. The latest one is this guy, I forget his name. Anyway, he's all over the news, and you probably know who he is. He uh, He's out on a $250 million bail. Million dollars, $250 million. He's out on bail. But the fact is that he went to jail. He was indicted. He was affiliated with Trump. There's videos. Seems like everybody around him goes to jail, gets indicted, goes to prison, except for Trump. And he's the ringleader. He's the mastermind. In some cases, he will tell you that he's the ringleader and the mastermind. And they're all peasants. And he's king. Something has to be done about this. I think the majority of Americans are waiting for something. An indictment prison, something for Donald Trump. I think even Donald Trump is waiting for that. I think his kids are waiting for that because I think New York City not only has indicted the Trump organization, they have to put that label on somebody. Trump's kids are still free. And I before, before this um, Uh, resurrection on the Capitol on January 6th. We were hearing all kinds of things about New York and <laughs> and how they're waiting and just waiting patiently for Trump not to be president anymore so they can go after him and go after his taxes and lock him up. Well, they've had his taxes for months now. When will America get to see his taxes? They've had his taxes. They know what he's done. They know he is guilty of rigging his own uh, organization, pocketing the money. They know all of that. Tax evasion. They know all of that. Why are they sitting on this? Even the Mueller report, there's some damning evidence in that. Trump hasn't gone to jail, which he should have, but everybody else around him have. 
doesn't make sense. America is tired of waiting on our government to do the right thing. And even if they come out charging Trump, it will be long the hell overdue. Sometimes we're starting to feel that they're not going to touch Trump. Just like the FBI knew knew about those 4,500 sexual complaints, sexual harassment against Brett Kavanaugh, the guy who is sitting on our Supreme Court. And they did nothing. From the reports, they did nothing. And now Americans want an investigation into these sexual allegations against, against Brett Kavanaugh, who is sitting on the Supreme Court. Donald Trump put him there. Obviously, the Democrats didn't think he was fit. I didn't think he was fit. But somehow, you know, the Republicans cheated and put him on the court, just like they did this, excuse me, just like they did this woman, put her on the court. Just jammed her on the court. And I don't understand, and now they're trying to, I think there's um, a group around the country who are, who are now saying that they should, the Supreme Court sh- should get rid of Roe v. Wade. Roe v. something or other. <laughs> I'm not following. It, Roe v. Uh, okay, what is it? Roe v. Wade. Okay. Thanks for that, because I'm, I'm a little loose sometimes. Um, yeah. And for the life of me, another thing the Democrats haven't done, which I think they should have done, or, or think about doing in the very near future, and that is to stack the court. They want the Republicans to stop fucking up America. They're going to have to stack the Supreme Court. They act as if they're afraid to do that. That is something. I mean, the Republicans, I mean, the, the Re- Democrats have the House, they have the Senate, they have the uh, White House. Why are they so afraid to do what's in their power to do? And that is to stack the court so we can have an even plane. Right now, we don't have an even plane on the Supreme Court. I think it's a six to three court in favor of the Republicans. Therefore, they can uh, pass anything they want. That's not good for America. And they did just that when they... Uh, uh, went against, went for, actually, voter suppression. The Democrats, I just don't know. I'm an independent. I mean, I got fed up with the Democrats a long time ago, and I said, no, no, I'm out. It's over. You guys got to get some backbone. You got to get a set of balls. You got to stop being afraid of those who are not in power, and you are. I can't stand cowards. I can't stand people who are afraid to do anything about anything when they have the power to do everything. Yeah, the Democrats are, I mean, I go down to my mailbox and I see my mailbox filled with uh, things from the Democratic Party. Basically, what it's all about is for me to send them money. 
I see more uh, donation mail from the Democratic Party than I see in my email. The Democrats hadn't have yet to get rid of the full of filibuster. I don't care what reason they give for not doing it. At least they can talk about it. Kavanaugh, 4,500 times. These are tips that have been coming into the, to the FBI, which we're finding out now that the FBI set on and did nothing about them. But Bill Cosby, I mean, let him be accused of uh, sexual harassment. The FBI is right on it. They sent him to prison. But yet we got a potential sexual harasser sitting on our Supreme Court. And the FBI set on it. There, there should be, in my opinion, I'm pretty sure others, there should be an investigation into the FBI to find out why they set on 4,500 sexual harassment, sexual assault tips coming from women. I'm assuming women. There could have been other sexes involved. But why did the FBI sit on all of these tips that they were getting about Brett Kavanaugh who is now sitting on our Supreme Court, who is now making decisions about our lives, who is now voting against everything that's good for America. Why didn't they investigate these these credible, and I'm not going to say credible, but I'm going to say potentially credible accusations or credible tips. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show, and we are glad to be on the air. With This is Internet Radio. You can call it a podcast. You can call it anything you want. But we're actually back on the radio after being off for uh, uh, one or two years. <laughs> spotty. Well, we're always back here, even if it's um, spotty. And... Um, As long as Trump is free, what do you think he's going to do? He's going to incite more hate. He's going to incite more destruction on America. Because that's what he's doing right now with these current rallies that he's holding. I don't think the media is doing much coverage of some of these rallies. He's not president anymore. He will never be president anymore, even if he should run in 2024. Americans are going to make sure we keep this jackass out of our White House. There's no way in hell Trump is going to win. Let him win. He's just going to embarrass himself as, as, as he embarrasses America. Don't get me wrong. Trump would be nowhere right now. He would be nowhere. He would be nothing. He would be nothing at all. However, the Republicans in the Senate are enabling this guy. They are afraid of this guy. 
This guy's been impeached twice. He has been impeached twice. His organization has been indicted. The big lie goes on. Why are they afraid of this man? He's sick. He's unhealthy. But he's got enough balls to get out there and spread more hate. Kevin McCarthy, the worst House Speaker ever. Jim Jordan, the worst, <laughs> the worst representative ever. You got Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, all of these idiots who aren't doing a thing for their constituency. They're trying to be famous. They want their face on television. Uh, They are constantly lying. Why are they afraid of this man? Why are they supporting somebody who has been impeached twice? Among other things. I think I mentioned this on the show yesterday. I think a lot of us uh, heard Trump say during the waning days of his presidency that if he lost the election, we would not hear from him again. (laughs) Another big lie. He's out there front and center reigning Republicans in. And they're letting themselves be reined in because they are kissing his ass at every chance that they get. That's a damn shame. Stupid people. Just plain old stupid people. And we've got a lot of stupid people in America. A lot. Too many. Majority of the stupid people in America are not getting the vaccine. They're dying from the vaccine. A lot of these stupid people who refuse it to get the vaccine, all they need to do is hear from Trump. If Trump said, go out there and get that vaccine, they would do it. Because from what I understand, the majority of the people who are getting sick and dying from this uh, Delta variant variant and uh, COVID-19, Trump supporters. That's why you're hearing Fox News and Fox commentators and pundits on the Fox network, telling their viewers, get the virus. I mean, sorry, get the shot, get the vaccine. They're telling their viewers to get the vaccine. Why have they changed their mind? At one time, they were dead set against having their viewers get the vaccine. You know why I think uh, Trump supporters, uh, Trump supporters and Fox News are telling their supporters to, to get the vaccine because their voters and their viewers are getting sick and dying. So they turn the tables and start telling their viewers to get the vaccine so that they don't die so they can continue to watch Fox and vote for Republicans. 
There's no other reason. These people have backtracked. Fox News called this vaccine a hoax, just like Donald Trump. They called it a hoax. They called Dr. Falsi a fraud. They're backtracking now because they're seeing their viewers and their voters dying from this epidemic, this pandemic of an epidemic. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio, and we're here, like before, making the world a better place. It's getting harder every day, (laughs) but we're still here trying to Make the world a better place. I think the world will become a better place once once we get our politics in order. We don't know what happened to the Republican Party. What happened to them? Well, Donald Trump happened. This was in the making, I think, a long time a long time ago before Donald Trump. Donald Trump just came and just pushed it right along. And now uh, conservative Republicans, those who have some brains, are now, are, are now saying they would like to tear this current crop of Republicans down. They would like to get rid of the current crop of Republicans and build a Republican and build, excuse me, and build the Republican Party from the ground up, a new crop of Republicans. Because the Republicans in high places don't even like current crop of idiots that we have in the city, Senate. Excuse me. So, and I agree with them. The Republican Party of 2021 is disgraceful. Just plain old disgraceful. Republican, Republicans on a higher scale know that, and the Republican voters know that. They are disgraceful. I mean, every day these people do something disgraceful. There's so many Republicans who have left the party. There's so many voters who have left the party. And yet, these crop of Republicans seem as if they just don't give a damn. They seem as if they don't, they don't care, but they should care. They should care, but they don't. Because they feel that they're going to stay in power through voter suppression. They don't need to offer out any issues, any policies. They don't need to say what they're going to do for the American people. They don't need to talk about what the Democrats are doing wrong and what they can do right. They don't care anything about that. They have nothing to offer you, me, or anyone. They don't even have anything to offer Republican voters. What they want is voter suppression to keep you, me, and the rest of America from voting. That's what they want. They don't give a damn about infrastructure, the economy. 
They don't care about your life. They don't care about your, your children. They might pretend to just because <laughs> they may want your vote, so they'll pretend. But in their hearts of hearts, and if you studied the Republicans, you've been around them long enough, you'll know that they don't give a damn. They don't care. Everything they try to do is a scam or a sham. Yes, I am pissed off, and I think you should too, because they want a dictator in the White House. They want Donald Trump in the White House. My pillow guy. This guy is pathetic. Kevin McCartney, uh, the minority leader in the in the uh, House of Representatives, pathetic idiot fool. And that's just and that's not me just saying that. If you uh, uh, study his actions and what he's been doing and saying and acting, he's Donald Trump's puppet, just like Donald Trump was Putin's puppet. And and there's no doubt about it, Donald Trump was Putin's puppet. This is not a lie. This is not a guess or an accusation. Donald Trump was actually Putin's puppet. That's no lie. He was Putin's puppet. He, I mean, we've all been saying it, and he's heard it a million times, but he never have came out to deny that he wasn't Putin's puppet. He never came out to, de- to deny that he praised Adolf Hitler. A lot of the things that are said about Trump... In a negative way, in a negative fashion, he never comes out to uh, say it didn't happen or he didn't say that. And some people still say today that Donald Trump will never apologize for anything. And I believe that. I know you believe that. He will never apologize for a damn thing, even if he's at fault. (laughs) He will not apologize. No way. And he's the biggest loser ever. He is, he will go down in history as the biggest loser ever. Don't ever send Donald Trump to endorse, to endorse your candidate for office. More than likely that candidate will lose. But you know what? The Republicans, they still do it. They still feel that Donald Trump's coattails will put them over. Some of them feel this feel that way for 2022. They feel that following Donald Trump is going to uh, get them control of the House of Representatives and maybe the Senate for 2022. They feel that. I don't, but anything's possible. But I don't think that's going to happen. Sometimes I get upset with the news media because they are always saying, well, get, they are always talking about positive things that Donald Trump could do to win back the presidency. And I think there's nothing he can do to win back the presidency. He's not indicted now as I, as this show go on, but Hey, he could be indicted any day now. And an indictment would stop him. 
in his tracks from running for any office within the United States. Any office. So that's my spiel, folks. <laughs> that's that's what I think. I just think it's just it's just awful the way the Republicans are acting if the American people should not have a say in their government. We should not have a say in our democracy. But we do have a say, and we will keep having a say because we follow the Constitution. The Republicans take their Constitution and piss on it. They don't believe... Let me take that back. They like the Constitution if it's something in there that benefits them. But if it's something in there that benefits you or I or the Democratic Party, they don't like it. <laughs> They're going to find a way to, uh, uh, you know, strip it down. Anyway, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. We will be right back. Another day and another round of Donald Trump Jr. embarrassing himself on the internet. This time having to do with his girlfriend Kimberly Guilfoyle and desperately trying to get her on the view. I really think this is part of a pattern, guys, where Donald Trump seems desperate for money. Trump Jr. really seems like he needs money and he desperately needs fame. It's not enough that he's the son of the former president and he's an executive at a billion dollar plus company. He needs to be on TV. He needs to have his girlfriend be on TV. And it's like, do you need cash, bro? I want to read you this because this is what he wrote. He said, LOL. Hey, at ABC, even I'd tune in to see Kimberly Guilfoyle do this. Kim versus the other four doesn't seem like a fair fight, though. You may need to add a few more libs. Chaos behind the scenes at The View as the show scrambles to find a Trump Republican. And, like, the whole point is Meghan McCain is leaving. She was a right-wing ghoul, but she didn't like Trump, and maybe they want somebody that's right-wing and likes Trump. Apparently, they're considering Kimberly Guilfoyle. Although, would you put this lady on your show? The best is yet to come! Would you put that on your show? I wouldn't. And let's be clear, Kimberly Guilfoyle is no saint herself. Why she left Fox News a few years ago is related to some really dark things having to do with her assistant, multi-million dollar payouts, a lot of hush-hush things. But suffice it to say, she did not leave on honorable terms. And so what you're seeing is just this utter desperation. Did you know, I haven't really talked about this. This is not new news, but I haven't really talked about it. Donald Trump set up a cameo. Cameo is this thing where for a few hundred bucks or less or more, depending on the celebrity, they can give you like a personal recorded message. So if you want them to sing happy birthday to you or whatever, you pay them money and they'll do it. But for the most part, no real politician or corporate billionaire would find themselves on that platform. And yet if you go on there, you will see Donald Trump Jr. And for $500, God knows why you would ever waste $500 on that, you can get him to send you a personal message. And for like less than that, he'll write you a personal message through text or whatever. And it's like, this really shows a man utterly desperate. I don't know what's going on here. Supposedly it's a billionaire family. 
Supposedly, they have everything together. Supposedly, everyone on the right loves them. But the actions of Trump Jr. and Kimberly Guilfoyle paint a totally different story. And I think this could actually go quite poorly. This could go poorly for a few reasons. One, Guilfoyle's an absolute liability. And having her on the show every day would hurt the Trump family because she would always be this magnet for right-wing controversy and these sorts of things. And I don't think it would go over well. I also don't think it's good because Donald Trump Jr. is facing a massive criminal investigation with the company that he's playing a big role at and any sort of daily publicity like having your girlfriend be on The View would also be bad for you. And finally, I think this would be bad for the Trump family, specifically in how Donald Trump hates Kimberly Guilfoyle. Kimberly Guilfoyle isn't liked by Donald Trump. He thinks that she's annoying. He thinks that she's using the Trump name to get ahead in life, to make money, and to get power off him, to basically exploit the Trump family. And I think that if Kimberly Guilfoyle found herself on The View somehow, Donald Trump would be furious at his son and furious at her for dragging the family through the mud and for using the Trump name to get ahead. I don't think this is going to All right, thank you very much for that. George Wilder Jr. show is now on the air.
at a rally to protect our elections. Obviously, he's out there lying again that he won the election, the big lie, and that's all he's doing. And that's all he's doing. And people have told him a hundred million times that he lost the electoral college in a landslide. He's out there saying that he was cheated out of the election. It was fraud everywhere. <laughs> this guy is just amazing. And they let him keep talking. When he's talking, telling people there, there should be integrity in our elections, he's inciting violence. Because they're going to get pissed off because they're going to feel that this guy should be in office. And a lot of his supporters know damn well that Trump didn't win. And I don't have to go over all the court cases that he's filed with his own judges that he put in place. He lost them all. Every recount, he lost them all. There's recounts. I think fraudulent recounts going on in some states, and he's still losing. And he's out there right now telling the world that he should be president because Joe Biden and the Democrats cheated, which is a lie. The thing about it is that what he's doing, he's doing exactly what he said. He's repeating this big lie over and over and over and over and over and over again. The dummy's going to believe it. Trump is a dummy himself. But I do think Trump has enough sense to know that he lost the election. I think it's a grift. But I, that's what I think it is. I said this yesterday. I think, I think the whole thing is a grift. I think he's doing this just to keep people sending him money. I think he's keeping the big lie going so that his hapless supporters will dig down into their pockets and send them their last and send him their last red cent. It's a grift. By saying he's going to be reinstalled to the White House, it's a grift. It's a big lie. It's a grift. Because stupid people are going to send him money. And that's, all, that's what it's all about. I'm hearing that he's broke. <laughs> I'm hearing that Donald Trump, well, I've been saying Donald Trump was broke for a long time. But now I'm hearing officially that the guy is broke. Now, if he's broke, I don't know, but that's what I'm reading. That's what I'm hearing, that he's broke and that he's desperate for money. This is why he's given these rallies. But he's inciting the big lie. When you're inciting the big lie, you are inciting violence on the United States of America because that's not true. I don't care how sick or, or, or crazy Donald Trump is. I don't think he's too stupid to know that he actually did not win this election. And this, and this is something we should not be talking about because, as I said before, Donald Trump uh, said in the waning days of his uh, presidency that <laughs> that if he loses, he will go away and not be seen again. Another big lie. Uh, 
and people are believing this. Trump supporters are believing this. But Trump has yet to say that his supporters should get vaccinated because they're the ones who are dying. I do believe that the people who are fully vaccinated are protected against this virus. Even though nothing is foolproof, but they're more protected against this virus than those who have not had the shots. That's a fact. That's a fact. And I I want to, excuse me, I want to counteract Trump and this rally or any rally that he does because we know it's an incitement to violence. And I'm pretty sure that the uh, police is out there, the FBI, the minute he starts to incite real violence, I'm pretty sure they're going to shut that rally down. And don't forget, (laughs) these rallies are not paid by the taxpayer like the ones uh, like the ones were when he was president. He has to come out of his pocket to pay for this. Because nobody's going to let them hold a rally in their state unless he pays up front. He has to pay up front because the world knows that this guy does not pay his bills. He just doesn't give a fuck about paying his bills. And he's probably holding these rallies in states where he doesn't have a bill to pay. Some states will not let them hold rallies, and uh, especially if they feel that it's going to incite violence. I'm pretty sure they ask his uh, handlers up front what he is going to be talking about. If they feel that he's going to incite the violence, they're going to shut it down. And I think that Trump should have no say in this at all. He's a deadbeat. He doesn't pay his bills, any bill. He doesn't pay his bills. Even if he has the money, he will not pay. He's just a deadbeat. He's proud to be called a deadbeat. He doesn't care. So these rallies, I'm pretty sure they have to. uh, And he's giving these rallies for one reason. One reason only. He has to have attention. He has to have people emulate him. He has to have people call him king. He has to have people to say that he was swindled out of the election, that he actually won. He needs that, even though he knows he lost. You lost, Trump. You lost the Electoral College. People have told him that, but he ignores it and walks away. And then get on stage and say he was cheated out of this election. And he wants to protect our elections. What he wants to do is destroy our elections. He doesn't want any more elections. He wants to be installed to be a dictator. He doesn't give two shits about our elections. This man is just saying something to get you on his side. Donald Trump hates. He's, he's a mean-spirited guy. And he doesn't give a fuck about the people who are attending his rallies. They're idiots. 
he's not going to say it, but we know that's what he thinks of them. He will throw each and every one of them under the bus after he gets what he wants. This is Donald Trump in a nutshell. And the reason why I'm on Donald Trump so much because this on this evening he's giving a rally. I'm looking at YouTube right now. I'm not watching the rally, but it's it's saying that this thing is live. So if it's live, he's giving it. Yeah, and I don't see in many states they will not let him hold a rally because they feel that he, and they're right to feel this way. They feel that he is the insider in chief of that insurrection on January sixth. On January 6th. Yeah, and I'm hearing that Trump is broken desperate. If he is broken desperate, he can't afford to do these rallies because that costs money. What's happening is, what's, excuse me, what what's happening is it's a grift. His supporters are paying for these rallies, for him to have these rallies. I believe that. They're paying whatever donations they're sending to this guy. He's using it for these rallies because he's not president anymore. He doesn't have the power to spend our tax money for this bullshit. So the people, his supporters, the one that he doesn't give two shits about, are paying for his rallies. I believe that. And they may have paid off some of his debt, even though he may have the money to do it. He may have the money to do it, even though I'm hearing that he's broken desperate. I don't know how true that is. But if anyone deserves to be broken desperate, it's Donald J. Trump. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Be kind to one another and get vaccinated, folks. If you know someone who's not vaccinated, I, I, I talk to a lot of people on Facebook and social media, and they, they tell me that people in their own families will not get the vaccine, and they, they are hated because they have the vaccine. Yeah, that'll happen. People will hate you because you have the vaccine. They'll kick you out because you have the vaccine. You know, because people will not wear their mask. You know, I wear my mask all the time. Sometimes it's, it's sometimes it's really really um, tough wearing the mask, but you have to wear it because even though I'm fully vaccinated, I know that other people around me are not fully vaccinated. Then you know that there's people around you who will not get the vac- who will not get vaccinated no matter what. But we still got to try and convince these people to get vaccinated because it, it affects us all. It affects everybody. You don't get that vaccine, you could die. You don't get that vaccine, you could get sick. You don't get that vaccine, you will affect others around you, even if they're fully vaccinated. You must get vaccinated, folks. This is the George Wilder Jr. show saying Americans get vaccinated. And I'm hearing that now that a lot of us are, are citing to the American people to get vaccinated, vaccinations right now are up 
14 to 20 percent in America. So our pleading with uh, Americans who get vaccinated, it's working. It's working. Uh, Fox News pleading to his viewers to get vaccinated, folks, it's working. We just got to keep that up because that's the only way we're going to get out of this COVID-19. We don't want this shit lasting forever. If you have family members that refuse to get vaccinated, call them what they are, stupid people. Maybe they'll get it. You know people who will not, who are dead set on not getting the vaccine? Plead with them to get it. I know you don't want to plead. I, I wouldn't do it either, but this is where we have to do it. Or we will be in this muck, seem like, for years. I didn't know so many Americans were so stupid and so dumb and so ignorant and so stubborn to make up reasons to why not to get the vaccine. Oh, yeah, stupid people are everywhere, and they know it. Stupid people know that we are calling them stupid people, and they're proud of that. Well, I know they call me stupid. I don't care. I don't want the vaccine. Fuck it. We have to... um, do a lot better. We have to do a lot better. You've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. And it's great to be back on the radio, people. It is really great. Donald Trump had a freak out late last night against Fox News, all because they for a second acknowledged the reality that he lost the last election, and that the Arizona recount audit, whatever you want to call it, turned up absolutely nothing that would suggest that Donald Trump won Arizona over Joe Biden, let alone any of the other swing states. And Trump put out this insane message directly attacking one particular Fox anchor. I'm just going to read you an excerpt of it. It says, Fox News and other media outlets incorrectly side with the outdated and terrible Maricopa County Election Board to report no fraud found in the presidential election. They spew the gross misinformation purposely put out by the county and the Associated Press and ignore the very important Arizona Senate hearing yesterday. The same anchor at the desk the night Fox called Arizona for Joe Biden now wants you to believe there was no fraud. That anchor was Brett Baer. And so Trump is directly aiming at a top Fox News voice there for simply reporting what every other news source was reporting is that this audit turned up absolutely nothing of value. Nothing at the end of the day changed any results and nothing at the end of the day suggested any sort of election that wasn't a 100% on the up and up fair and accurate. The United States has a lot of issues, but the 2020 election was well run basically everywhere in red states, blue states, and swing states. That is basically indisputable right now. But Donald Trump hates that even Fox News says that reality. And this is also connected to something that happened the night before, where a lawyer very friendly to Trump went on Hannity and said Trump lost. Number one, there's never been a perfect election. JFK's election wasn't perfect. George Bush's election wasn't perfect. And the current election wasn't perfect. Number two, the evidence seems to strongly suggest that it wasn't stolen and that the outcome was right. So that's Alan Dershowitz, who's on Trump and Newsmax 
quite a bit, <laughs> saying, look, no election's perfect. It's unfortunate that some people don't you trust the result, no but we have what. no reason to believe the result is incorrect, and we have no reason to believe that the current winner wasn't the current winner. And that happened on that show. I didn't play you the full clip. I wanted to be brief. Without Hannity pushing back, Sean Hannity did not attack Alan Dershowitz for saying that. So even Hannity, one of the biggest Trump sycophants, wasn't willing to step in and say, actually, Donald Trump did win, you know, Mr. Dershowitz. And it's showing that Fox News is part of this tug of war a little bit. Because after they did these things, Fox News supporters on Twitter and other social media attacked them. And of course, they got attacked by Donald Trump. And so they have this balance where sometimes they'll acknowledge the reality of the election, but then they get this backlash from OAN and Newsmax and Trump and the Trump supporters, and then they inevitably come back to the old well of just saying Donald Trump is, should still be president, is still the right guy, blah, 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 blah. And so that's really part of this dynamic. Donald Trump can't even handle criticism from his own camp. Neither can his supporters. And those media sources often lack the courage to be consistent in their criticism. But if Donald Trump can't handle criticism from his own team, it shows that he's unfit to lead a movement, and it's certainly he's unfit to be president again, and he was almost certainly unfit to be president for the last four years.
Ashley Judd, stupid fucking slut. You can't sue someone for calling them a cunt. If you can't handle the internet, fuck off, whore. I wish Ashley Judd would die a horrible death. She is the absolute worst. Ashley Judd, you're the reason women shouldn't vote. Twisted is such a bad movie, I don't even want to rape it. Whatever you do, don't tell Ashley Judd she'll die alone with a dried-out vagina. If I had to fuck an older woman, oh my God, I would fuck the shit out of Ashley Judd. That bitch is hot AF. The unforgivable shit I would do to her. Online misogyny is a global gender rights tragedy, and it is imperative that it ends. Girls' and women's voices and our allies' voices are constrained in ways that are personally, economically, professionally, and politically damaged. And when we curb abuse, we will expand freedom. I am a Kentucky basketball fan, so on a fine March day last year, I was doing one of the things I do best. I was cheering for my Wildcats. The daffodils were blooming, but the referees were not blowing the whistle when I was telling them to. Funny, they're very friendly to me before the opening tip, but they really ignore me during the game. Three of my players were bleeding, so I did the next best thing. I tweeted. It is routine for me to be treated in the ways I've already described to you. It happens to me every single day on social media platforms such as Twitter and Facebook. Since I joined Twitter in 2011, misogyny and misogynists have amply demonstrated they will dog my every step. My spirituality, my faith, being a hillbilly, I can say that, you can't, all of it is fair game. And I have responded to this with various strategies. I've tried engaging people. This one guy was sending me hyper sexual, nasty stuff, and there was a girl in his avatar, and I wrote him back and said, is that your daughter? I feel a lot of fear that you may think about and talk to women this way. And he surprised me by saying, you know what, you're right, I apologize. Sometimes people want to be held accountable. This one guy was musing to I don't know who, that maybe I was the definition of a cunt. I was married to a Scot for 14 years, so I said, cunt means many different things in different countries. But I'm pretty sure you epitomize the global standard of a dick. I've tried to rise above it, I've tried to get in the trenches, but mostly I would scroll through these social media platforms with one eye partially closed, trying not to see it, but you can't make a cucumber out of a pickle. What is seen goes in, it's traumatic. And I was always secretly hoping in some part of me that what was being said to me and about me wasn't true. Because even I, an avowed, self-declared feminist, who worships at the altar of Gloria, <laughs> internalize the patriarchy. This is really critical. Patriarchy is not boys and men. It is a system in which we all participate, including me. 
On that particular day, for some reason, that particular tweet after the basketball game triggered something called a cyber mob. This vitriolic, global outpouring of the most heinous hate speech, death threats, rape threats. And don't you know, when I was sitting at home alone in my nightgown, I got a phone call, and it was my beloved former husband, and he said on a voicemail, loved one, what is happening to you is not okay. And there was something about him taking a stand for me that night that allowed me to take a stand for myself, and I started to write. I started to write about sharing the fact that I'm a survivor of all forms of sexual abuse, including three rapes, and the hate speech I get in response to that. These are just some of the comments posted to news outlets. Being told I'm a snitch is really fun. Thank you, Jesus. May your grace and mercy shine. So I wrote this feminist op-ed. It is entitled, Forget Your Teen. It is your online gender violence toward girls and women that can kiss my righteous ass. <laughs> and I did that alone, and I published it alone, because my chief advisor said, please don't. The reign of retaliatory garbage that is inevitable, I fear for you. But I trust girls, and I trust women, and I trust our allies. It was published. It went viral. It proves that every single day, online misogyny is a phenomenon endured by us all, all over the world. And when it is intersectional, it is worse. Sexual orientation, gender identity, race, ethnicity, religion, you name it, it amplifies the violence endured by girls and women. And for our younger girls, it is worse. It's clearly traumatizing. Our mental health, our emotional well-being are so gravely affected because the threat of violence is experienced neurobiologically as violence. The cortisol shoots up. The limbic system gets fired. We lose productivity at work. And let's talk about work. Our ability to work is constrained. Online searches of women applying for jobs reveal nude pictures of them, false allegations, they have STDs, their addresses indicating that they are available for sex. With real examples of people showing up at this house for said sex. Our ability to go to school is impaired. 96% of all postings of sexual images in our young people, girls, our girls, our boys, are two to three times more likely non-consensually to share images. And I want to say a word about revenge porn. Part of what came out of this tweet was my getting connected with allies and other activists who were fighting for a safe and free Internet. We started something called the Speech Project, Curbing Abuse, Expanding Freedom, and that website provides a critical forum because there is no global legal thing to help us figure this out. But we do provide on that website a standardized list of definitions because it's hard to attack a behavior in the right way if we're not all sharing a definition of what that behavior is. And I learned that revenge porn is often dangerously misapplied. It is the non-consensual sharing of an image used tactically to shame and humiliate a girl or woman that attempts to pornography us, our natural sexuality is 
I don't know about yours, pretty gorgeous and wonderful. And my expressing it does not pornography make. So I have all these resources that I'm keenly aware so many people in the world do not. I was able to start the speech project with colleagues. I can often get a social media company's attention. I have a wonderful visit to Facebook HQ coming up. Hasn't helped the idiotic reporting standards yet. I actually pay someone to scrub my social media feeds, attempting to spare my brain the daily iterations of the trauma of hate speech. And guess what? I get hate speech for that. Oh, you live in an echo chamber. Well, guess what? Having someone post a photograph of me with my mouth open saying they can't wait to come on my face, I have a right to set that boundary. Okay. And this distinction between virtual and real is specious because guess what? That actually happened to me once when I was a child. And so that tweet brought up that trauma and I had to do work on that. But you know what we do? We take all of this hate speech and we disaggregate it and we code it and we give that data so that we understand the intersectionality of it. You know, when I get porn, when it's about political affiliation, when it's about age, when it's about all of it. We're going to win this fight. There are a lot of solutions. Thank goodness. I'm going to offer just a few. And of course, I challenge you to create and contribute your own. Number one, we have to start with digital media literacy, and clearly it must have a gendered lens. Kids, schools, caregivers, parents, it's essential. Two, shall we talk about our friends in tech? Said with dignity and respect, the sexism in your workplaces must end. Edge, the global standard for gender equality, is the minimum standard. And guess what? Silicon Valley, if L'Oreal in India, in the Philippines, in Brazil, and in Russia can do it, you can too. Enough excuses. Only when women have critical mass in every department at your companies, including building platforms from the ground up, will the conversations about priorities and solutions change. And more love for my friends in tech, profiteering off misogyny and video games must end. I'm so tired of hearing you talk to me at cocktail parties, like you did a couple weeks ago in Aspen, about how deplorable hashtag Gamergate was when you're still making billions of dollars off games that maim and dump women for sport. Basta, as the Italians would say. Enough. Our friends in law enforcement have much to do because we've seen that online violence is an extension of in-person violence. In our country, more girls and women have been murdered by their intimate partners than died on 9-11 and have died since in Afghanistan and Iraq combined. And it's not cool to say that, but it is true. We care so much geopolitically about what men are doing over there to women over there, in 2015, 72,828 
women used intimate partner violence services in this country. That is not counting the girls and women and boys who needed them. Law enforcement must be empowered with up-to-date internet technology, the devices, and an understanding of these platforms, how they work. The police wanted to be helpful when Amanda Hess called about the death threat she was getting on Twitter, but they couldn't really when they said, what's Twitter? Our legislators must write and pass astute legislation that reflects today's technology and our notions of free and hate speech. In New York recently, the law could not be applied to a perpetrator because the crimes must have been committed, even if it was anonymous, they must have been committed by telephone, in mail, by telegraph. <laughs> the language must be technologically neutral. So apparently, I've got a pretty bold voice. So let's talk about our friends, white men. You have a role to play and a choice to make. You can do something or you can do nothing. We're cool in this room, but when this goes out, everyone will say, oh my God, she's a reverse racist. That quote was said by a white man, Robert Morris, Chairperson Price Waterhouse Cooper, he asked me to include it in my talk. We need to grow support lines and help groups so victims can help each other when their lives and finances have been derailed. We must, as individuals, disrupt gender violence. As it is happening, 92% of young people, 29 and under, witness it. 72% of us have witnessed it. We must have the courage and urgency to practice stopping it as it is unfolding. And lastly, believe her. Believe her. Bring it up. Bring it up. 
Perhaps you've noticed we no longer have old people in this country. They're all gone now, replaced by senior citizens. Somehow we wound up with millions of these unfortunate creatures known as golden agers or mature adults. These are cold, lifeless, antiseptic terms, typically American, all ways of sidestepping the fear of aging. And it's not difficult to understand the fear of aging. It's natural and it's universal. No one wants to get old. No one wants to die. But we do. We die. And we don't like that. So we shade the truth. I started doing it when I reached my 40s. I'd look in the mirror at that time and think, well, I guess I'm getting older. That sounded a little better than old. Sounded like it might even last a bit longer. But people forget that older is comparative, and they use it as an absolute. She's an older woman. Oh, really? Older than what? Than she used to be? Well, yeah. So? People think getting old is bad because they think being old is bad. But you know something? Being old is just fine. In fact, it can be terrific. And anyway, it's one of those things you don't get to choose. It's not optional. But that insufferable group among us known as baby boomers, ages 42 through 59, as of 2005, are beginning to get old, and they're having trouble dealing with that. Remember, these baby boomers are the ones who gave us this soft, politically correct language in the first place. So rather than admit they're getting old, the baby boomers have come up with a new term to describe themselves as they approach the grave. They don't care for middle-aged, so instead, get this, folks, instead, they claim to be pre-elderly. Don't you <laughs> love that? Pre-elderly. It's a real word. You don't hear it a lot, but it's out there. The boomers claim that if you're between 50 and 65, you're pre-elderly. But I'd be willing to bet that in 2011, when they begin turning 65, they will not be calling themselves elderly. I have a hunch they'll come up with some new way of avoiding reality. And I have a suggestion for them. They should call themselves the pre-dead. It's a perfect term because for them, it's accurate and it's highly descriptive. By the way, those ever clever boomers have also come up with a word to describe the jobs they feel are most suitable for retired people who wish to keep working. They call these jobs elder-friendly. Isn't that sad? God, that's just really, really sad. And so, to sum it up, we have these senior citizens. And whether I like that phrase or not, unfortunately, I got used to it. And I no longer react too violently when I hear it. But there is still one description for old people that I'll never accept. That's when I hear someone describe an old guy as being, for instance, 80 years young. Even though I know it's tongue-in-cheek, it makes my skin crawl. It's overly cute and precious, and it's an evasion. It's junk language. On CBS's 60 Minutes, Leslie Stahl, God help her, actually referred to some old man as being a 90-something. Please, Leslie, I need a small personal break here. One last pathetic example in this category. On the radio... I heard Matt Drudge actually refer to people of age. And he wasn't being sarcastic. He said the West Nile virus is a particular threat to people of age. 
Poor Matt. Apparently, he's more fucked up than he seems. Now, going to an adjacent subject, one unfortunate fact of life for many of these 80 or 90-somethings is that they're forced to live in places where they'd rather not be. Old people's homes. So what name should we use for these places where we hide our old people? When I was a little boy, there was a building in my neighborhood called the Home for the Aged. It had a copper sign on the gate. Home for the Aged. It always looked deserted. I never saw anyone go in. Naturally, I never saw anyone come out either. Later, I noticed people started calling those places nursing homes and rest homes. Apparently, it was decided that some of these old people needed nurses, while others just needed a little rest. What you hear them called now is retirement homes or long-term care facilities. There's another one of those truly bloodless terms, long-term care facility. But actually, it makes sense to give it a name like that, because if you do, you make it a lot easier for the person you're putting in there to acquiesce and cooperate with you. I remember old people used to tell their families, whatever you do, don't put me in a home. Please, don't put me in a home. But it's hard to imagine one of them saying, Whatever you do, don't put me in a long-term care facility. So calling it that is really a trick. Come on, Grandpa, it's not a home. It's a long-term care facility. By the way, while we're on this subject of the language of getting old, I want to tell you something that happened to me in New York on a recent evening. I was standing in line at the Carnegie Deli to pay my check, and there was a guy ahead of me who looked like he was in his 60s. He gave the cashier a $10 bill, but apparently it wasn't enough. When the cashier mentioned it to him in a nice way, he said, Oh, I'm sorry, I guess I had a senior moment. And I thought how sad that was. To blame a simple mistake on the fact that you're in your 60s, even if you're just sort of joking. As if anyone would think a 20-year-old couldn't make the same mistake. I only mention this because it's an example of how people can brainwash themselves by adopting popular language. I wanted to pull them aside and say, listen, I just heard you refer to yourself as a senior, and I wanted to ask, were you by any chance a junior last year? Because if you weren't a junior last year, then you're not a senior this year. I wanted to say it, but I figured, why would he listen to me? After all, I'm still a freshman. All right, that's the George Wilder Jr. show. That's George Carlin. I just love George Carlin. I mean, this guy is so funny. And it takes a lot to make me laugh, but he actually makes me laugh. He's gone now. Um, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> I'm going to put it straight and put it uh, out there. But anyway, uh, he's talking about getting old or being old. And I want to say to all the seniors out there, if you're listening, don't be afraid to die. I had a guest on the show one day, and, I mean, listening to her almost made me want to die right away. I mean, you know, don't be afraid to die. Dying can be a good thing. I mean, if you're, if you're in pain, you're in misery, if things are not working out for you, you're 80, you're 90 years old, or whatever, don't ever be afraid to die. I'm, I'm going to say that for older people, but it's a sad case when young people die before they reach the age of 16 or 21, but I'm talking 
right now uh, to the seniors out here, people who are 60, 65, 70, 75, 80, 85, don't be afraid to die. Because the minute you die, you coming right back. You're going to be born again. <laughs> You're not going to stay dead. You're going to come back. I I had the, the guest on the show, I forget her name, but she was on the show a while back, and she was saying that never be afraid to die. And I, I kind of believe that because you're going to come right back. And she told me that when I die, I'm going to come back and take up where I left off. And she was actually saying that to the entire world. When you die, you're going to come back and, you know, take take up where you left off. If you were in the middle of buying a car and you had a and you, <laughs> you have a fatal heart attack, you're going to come back alive and you're going to buy that car. <laughs> so, but that's just being facetious. Anyway, I do think that when you die, you're coming back. Because for every person that dies, someone is born. Someone is born. But I, I think I told the guests that time on the show, on, on my show, that uh, I didn't want to come back and finish where I left off. <laughs> I want to come back and just start a whole new life over again, hoping that I can end up somewhere uh, finer than I did in my previous life. I, I I can't speak for everybody. I'm just speaking for me. I would never want to die and come back and take up where I left off. That's BS. <laughs> uh, it, it's like uh, asking someone who's been a failure all their life to come back because that's what you're going to continue to be and to do is to be a failure. No, 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 no. I still believe that uh, uh, when you die, you're gonna come back. You know, I mean, because she made it very clear. She's written a couple of books on it, and I do have one of the books. Uh, I haven't read it in a while, but it makes good sense. It just makes good sense. This, this is, this isn't about religion. This isn't about God. This is just dying and coming right back to to Earth or somewhere. You know. I don't know if I want to come back as a human being. I might want to come back as a bird, you know, <laughs> able to fly around and go anywhere I want. No bills, no drama, no stupid people um, or dumb people. Uh, it, it is something to think about. And I would urge Americans, especially senior citizens, never be afraid to die. It's going to happen. It's inevitable. We're all going to die. Especially, you know, if we're up in age. Uh, never be afraid to die. But what's really sad is what I just mentioned is that young people dying uh, before they reach the age of 16 or the age of 21, their lives have not been um, defined yet, and they're dead. Now, that's a sad commentary. I think more young people today, 2021, with the violence in all the cities, in all some all some of the major cities in the United States where gun violence is rapid, and it's very sad to see um, babies, infants, 
children, teenagers shot before their lives uh, could be taken hold of. And it's just, it's just, um, they don't live to be old. And and I've said this a thousand times. If you're uh, 60, 65, 70, 75, 80, 85, 90 years old, you didn't get to be 90 or 95 being stupid, being ignorant, being dumb. If you manage to reach a very, very um, great age, like 85 or 90, it means you've done something right, even if you're 60. If you reach 60, it means you've done something right. You didn't end up dead on the street. Even if you're 50, 40, or 50, 40 or 50, pardon me, you didn't end up dead on the street. You didn't um, die in a gunfight. You lived. You lived a hell of a long life. And in my estimation, if you live a life, a hell of a long life, you have been mighty, mighty successful. Especially if you just die of natural causes. Heart attacks, lung cancer, cancer, breast cancer. These are things that normally, they're normal. It happens. But never, ever be afraid to die. Some of us want to die so we can stop the pain. Uh, There's no doubt about it. When you get older, your bones get weaker. It messes with your eyes. It messes with your brain. You don't think as fast. You're not as agile. You're not uh, as on your feet like you used to. You can't play the sports games. You can't do your exercise classes. Um, But we can walk. As you get older, you want to do exercise, walk, and do a little jogging. But but take it easy out there, especially if you're 85 or 90 years old. Uh, and I want to say again, do do not be afraid to die. Do not be afraid to die. You know, nobody wants to die. Everybody wants to live forever, but you're not going to live forever. And you know that, and I know that. So get your life together and uh, hope and pray for the best. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. We are just about off the air, folks. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for um, – remember, I have a website. Go to my website. Check it out, georgewilderjr.org. <laughs> I'm still trying to um, get it together, make it a beautiful uh, a website. Because um, I believe in that. I believe in that. And I want to thank everybody for listening. Let's see if we can go out with blast. Well, not with a blast, but. Yeah, Donald Trump is still. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think Donald Trump is still giving his rally. I'm pretty sure he's lying. But you know what? Not many media, media, sorry, media outlets are covering his his rallies, and I don't blame them because basically they're about nothing. They are about nothing. They are about continuing the big lie. They are about continuing the big lie. He won. Biden lost. 
And when he continues that big lie like that, he's putting Biden's life in jeopardy because you, because there's going to be some idiots that's going to try and harm uh, Biden because they feel that because Trump is constantly telling people that he that he uh, won the election and he did not. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show, and I thank everybody for listening. If you're listening now, if you're listening later, it's all fine, folks. We are back. We are back. We're trying to build this base, our listening base back. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some time, but I believe it will prevail. You've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. I want to signing off saying thank everybody for listening. Thank everybody who will be listening, whether you're listening now or you're going to listen to later or you're going to listen tomorrow make sure you listen to the george Wilder jr show and tell everybody what you think of it tell everybody what you think of my show all right we're out of here folks have a good one stay safe get vaccinated Where is your
long Cause we've got no more to come Tell me people Why can't they say that hey It's ten billion light years away Why can't the light of good Shine God's love and Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. 
a laundry? Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.